Welcome to my podcast. Welcome back once again. This is called The Joyful Podcast. My name is Ethan Edward Sherritt, and I'm the host of it and uh, creator of it. I'm always looking for a co-host. If you've, listened, if you've uh, listened before, you know I'm always on the lookout. And I have uh, I've got some things to tell you, some news to catch up on. And first, just big thanks for listening. And, you know, in a, uh, here, here's my little intro pitch, because uh, some of you are tuning in for the first time, and you're like, what, what, what is this so joyful? Do I get happy if I listen to this thing? Uh, is this guy super, like, overly joyful? Um, that's, that's true. I get more joyful every single day. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I look for inspiration. And here goes. In a time of personal need, when I was in a little bit of darkness and I needed inspiration, I went searching for it and I found it in a lot of different ways. What I realized was that right at this moment, we are in a boom. There's an increasing number of people everywhere who are discovering and sharing the positivity practices that are shifting us as individuals, and therefore as a culture towards a new understanding of well-being, of our spirituality, of each other, of our place in the world, in, in the universe even. And I'm so excited that I started creating this podcast, basically, right? How, how many times have you been that excited about something and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to create this whole, new, this whole new outlet to express this and explore this. Um, there are a lot of podcasts about stuff like this, and that's awesome. That's what I'm excited about. And this is my own voice for that. And when I can get other people their voice too, because man, I've had some awesome guests on this podcast and will, doggone it, I will get some more awesome ones. Um, and that, that there's the, the little bit of the intro. I started making this because I'm stoked. I see people learning about like their, their, their mindful way that they can approach their life where you can practice positivity. You can practice happiness. Some of it has to do with self-responsibility, self-awareness, detachment from your emotions in moments of meditation. Meditation is a huge part of it, right? Whether or not you have a regimen where you meditate every single day, if you replace meditation with some type of other, what feels mindful to you, a detaching. Um, some people say praying is like this. I don't know how I, if praying is like this, I guess it depends how you pray. But what I feel the value of meditation is, the value of stillness, the value of detachment that is taught in Buddhist practices and in non-Buddhist um, but meditation, meditative practices is removal a little bit. Allowing your thoughts to to not be needed, first of all, you remove yourself from needing thoughts by focusing on other simple parts of your being. 
simple parts of just breathing, sitting. And as you struggle to, I say struggle because for me it's usually a struggle, as you struggle to have a mind that is clear of thoughts and emotions, sometimes you can slow them down enough to see just one thought at a time and wonder why that one came in and then let it go and see if it comes back teaching you more about it possibly. And then let it go and remember just to go back to like your breathing or something like that. If, um, man, if you know meditation, you're, I'm always excited to hear people talk about their process. And if you don't know it, then this will make sense the very first time you say, okay, I'm going to download um, a, a guided meditation and learn about what this is. Learn this 10-minute meditation. And the reason a guide is, is important, if you haven't done, um, and you haven't read about it and learned, okay, this is what I'm going to try, is because one of the goals is to get out of your own head and your own emotions and tuning yourself into somebody else's voice telling you in, in what order to do things physically in your body, when to breathe in, when to breathe out, where to breathe from, like in your nose, out your mouth, what part of your muscles to, to relax, and when and what order. All of a sudden, those things get you. Like in less than a minute, they start getting you to the place where you need to be to, to be a little bit detached and, and let these thoughts uh, either, either not come or come, but, but from a, a mindful place where you can, you can be aware, you can be mindfully aware and present. And these th this is kind of changing my life a little bit. Sure is. Um, so I, I ramble on this thing quite a bit. Hope, you, um, hope you're still following. I did the little intro. Let's see, let me catch up with myself here. Did the little intro. I did um, why I'm doing this. I talked a little bit about meditation. I usually get into three different little components of an episode in which I'm not talking to somebody awesome who's educating me about something or just sharing their life or whatever. I give a little update about what I've been doing. That's step number one. And then the second step is like some type of a, a practice or a technique that I've, I've been thinking about lately or that's crossed my path. And then third is a cultural or observation, a cultural um, observation about the culture that I've observed. <laughs> and sometimes that's an article, sometimes it's a radio show, a TV program, a movie. Um, could be anything. Could be a, a rapper from Bazooka Joe Bubblegum. Sometimes those can be wise. Fortune cookie, something along those lines. Um, a Snapple bottle, you name it. it could, you know, I should, there's inspiration everywhere. That, that's why it's, it's so funny that sometimes I feel like, man, I, I can't crack open this microphone and, 
and talk, I, I don't, I haven't gotten a through line. I don't, I don't have any inspiration. Why don't I just go get a Snapple, right? And just talk about that. It seems like you could, off the top of your head, just whatever comes to mind. That's what this is about a little bit, but let me get into the order of it. If I haven't already thanked you, thank you so much. This gives it a chance for for the inspiration that's touched me and continues to touch me to, to reach other people. Man, let it. Let it affect your attitude, your life. Give things a try. Believe in everything. Believe in a smile. Believe in a good time doing whatever you're doing and believe in yourself and let other people believe in themselves. All right? That's the thing. So I am now in Richmond, Virginia. Richmond, Virginia. I started doing the podcast when I lived in Los Angeles. And I've lived in Los Angeles for over, for about 15 years, with a, a couple times leaving to go to the East Coast or, um, or, or Florida for little brief periods of time. Uh, once to New York, once to Virginia, once to Florida. But, you know, always kind of going back to LA. Man, LA just seems like home. It does, uh, in a lot of ways. Something about, you need to get, I needed to get out of it. I, I think I talked about that on when I was first starting this. I, I just need to get out of here. But something about the way that uh, Southern California is, um, geographically, the people, the mix of people who come from everywhere and who are open to quite a lot of things. I mean... If you're into good conversation and into ideas, there's going to be people you disagree with everywhere. But man, LA sure has a lot of people that will uh, that are inspiring. Sure does. A lot of people have gone there. And what better way to meet those people than when a place when you're allowed to walk around and freaking flip flops and not get judged too harshly for it? <laughs> I wore a lot of flip flops. Actually, I wore two. But I wore them a lot. Um, now, since I've told you where I am, I'll also tell you what I, what I've been doing. I've been I've started a job, and uh, a full time job. It's, it had been a while. I'd been on kind of a traveling sabbatical road trip from L.A. to Colorado to Florida to Virginia to a different part of Virginia, and up you know here and here we are. Me and Jack, my son, who's going to be two in November. And I just began this job. Uh, kind of like the one I used to have um, in, in Los Angeles when I would, you know, kind of manage some investment properties and, and take care of that. And I am still fully committed to exploring the potential of what it's like to, to reach out to people and reach out to you through this podcast after I reach out to people. So I reach to the people and then I reach to you. And that allows the people to reach you. It allows you to reach the people that I talk to. Um, so what people have I talked to out here? I just talked to this one guy today. I asked him to be on the podcast. He's uh, He works in like urban planning. He, he works for the, the mayor's office, I believe, something along those lines. And we got into a discussion about uh, revitalizing of certain urban areas and what goes along with that. So hopefully um, 
I'll, I'll get him soon. It'll just, you know, it's a matter of finding time. I met an artist out here that is, uh, I imagine has a different, I mean, I just imagine, I imagine he has a different take on, um, race relations and, and race conflict than I do. And so I, I would be so glad to just shut up and, and just let him, you know, say and educate uh, from his perspective. Because I, I try to try to explain my perspective is that, you know, everybody's valid in some way. And there's a, as long as they, um, they realize that there's a higher plane, uh, a little bit higher than all of us, that... Uh, it is love, love. And there's some fundamental things that uh, could keep us um, in a quagmire if we focus on, on those. And, and uh, that's my take, that's my take. But anyway, that guy and some other people that have, anyway, you know, so I keep trying to meet people, but it's been a really, really busy transition working this job. Um, Richmond is a cool city. A little medium-sized city, but it, it feels a lot like a, like a downtown, big urban area. Um, it's, it's not too, you're never too far from nature, from rivers, from little hills and things like that. So I'm enjoying that. Um, the other thing that's going on with me is, oh man, I should have said this at the top, the very top. This was like a really exciting thing that I did. Really exciting. I'd never done anything like this before. I started a Kickstarter campaign for the podcast, for the Joyful Podcast. And I made like this little video. It, it, this was last week I put it on here. I gave myself seven days on this campaign to try to raise money to allow me to go full-time into making the Joyful Podcast. The reason that would be so important is and so significant is because, like for example, I just got done working at this job uh, from 8.30 to 6 and just focusing completely on like little tasks uh, to, you know, take care of the money that is invested in this property. And there's, you know, just a lot of little administrative tasks. And I wasn't able to, you know, use that time to advance the, the podcast. So... I, my project to kickstart fund was say, <laughs> and I'd love for if you got on YouTube and watched the video, just joyful, just research on YouTube, either my channel, Ethan Sherrod official or, um, joyful spelled with two L's joyful podcast Kickstarter. That'll probably get you the right video. And it explains in the lengthy way that I tend to explain things, um, why I want to do that. So I'd rather work full time for one year and this would pay for, you know, for me and my son to be able to live just like working at a job, except that would be my job. This would be my job. And I have uh, some feelings about that that are that are amazing. One, it gave it just I just got an email today that that didn't get funded. Um. And not for a second did I say boo-hoo that didn't get funded. I uh, I was like, you know what? That was f that was fun, and it was something for me to share for a few days, and it got me. I think a few people listened to the podcast um, because of that campaign, 
And maybe out of those few, somebody liked it or, or will listen to another one. So if you are one of those people, God bless. Thank you so much for listening. And it's, it's, really, it's really cool of you to listen and give me a chance. It really is because I'm not like the most um, organized guy on this format here. It's, uh, you can hear it kind of goes in tangents and stuff like that. But if you're listening to this, uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, I, there's somebody who walked past the window. I just got distracted. I'm sorry. Looking at it, a busy street, Broad Street, Richmond, Virginia. Um, after, uh, after I realized that the podcast didn't get funded, I, my, here's a couple things that went on. One, thank you for the chance to do that. It allowed me to, you know, to post it in a few places that I maybe wouldn't have before. And I, for me, I always, it's good to step outside of my comfort zone and put something out there. It feels good every single time. A little uncomfortable at first, but without a question. It's like, dude, you just got out of your comfort zone. And... And that's saying something because, man, I can, there's not a whole lot of places I'm uncomfortable. Um, so that's, that's that Kickstarter campaign. I'm still doing this as an amateur is what it means. I guess it would have been, I'm a professional podcaster. I could have said that for a year. Like, Hey, what do you do? I'm a journalist. I podcast. That would have been freaking awesome to me. But now it's just a passion project something I am passionate about some I'll continue to do and one of the things that's cool about that is that I've said before that one of the things that keeps us in a quagmire and a standstill about certain like little conflicts and distractions in this life whether it's between you know peanut butter and jelly there's people that work in a Peanut butter and jelly is a bad example because peanut butter and jelly just, they go together so well. What's an example? Either you like, um, I don't know, man, coffee or tea. So there's people that are professionals in, in coffee or tea and they have an incentive to promote their side, like a professional incentive, not even more than professional because if their wife and baby or husband and, and cat, you know, whatever, depend on it. They have a, not only an incentive, but a touching incentive for their side to be propelled. Um, so the fact that I am not yet, anyway, a professional commodity, a professional brand name associated with one type of positivity thought or one type of angle on race relations, that, that I'm not a brand of that, that I'm just speaking my mind. That's something I value. Um, you know, I didn't, nobody hired me to, to give uh, lectures about this or that specifically, because then I'd have to just solidify that case more and more, where I can be fluid. I can say, all right, what's it going to take? I, I, can, I can be fluid in my thoughts and in my my ideas that I share, that I hear. So that's the other value. One, a little bit of exposure. Two, I still have this as just a passion, you know? Although, 
you know, being a brand. I said it on the last episode. Be nice to be a brand of uh, just freaking wanting people to have a good time. If that's a brand, you know, guilty. I plead, I plead guilty as charged. Um, that's the first thing. So here I am in Richmond, and that's the uh, the Kickstarter. The second thing is what technique or method have I been studying? Following along with my podcast, you know it's been a study of the chakras. My journey through a book called Understanding Chakras by Broderick S. Johnson. Um, and I, I went into each one. I'm not going to do it again, but there's seven. There's seven chakras. These amazing, subtle, spiritual, phys- physiological portals to the higher source energy that created us. There's seven of them. And when they are healthy and in line and and understood and practiced and exercised, physically and mentally, you start to feel better. And it starts to make a lot of sense. I got to the sixth one in my my progression through them teaching you in this second component of each podcast episode the sixth um, chakra was the third eye the third eye chakra or the anya chakra and its significance in I mean, it, I talked about what glands it's related to and the nerve endings that exist around the, the, the sixth chakra and, and the physiological aspects that are explained in, in the book. And, and I also talked about what it kind of does to what the goal is of having your third eye open. And some of the information that I got was from, for example, Sadhguru who made a case for his understanding of the sixth chakra being aligned and activated and healthy. In other words, your third eye open is a phrase that some people would use. The goal there and the result, as Sadhguru says, to me was a form of peace being okay with things in a deep, deep way when you don't have to tell yourself it's okay because um, and then do a little empirical analysis of why things are okay. But you have it intellectually already, you're pre-okay with everything. It's like everything has has been pre-registered with you. That, in order to get there, it seems to me like your other chakras do have to have had some work done and be a little healthy. Not Maybe not all of them, but some of them. The root chakra, which grounds you to the earth and makes you feel secure. The sacral chakra, which makes you happy to be a human from the pleasure that you get to enjoy and the sensory experience of being alive. The solar plexus chakra, the third chakra, 
which taps into your own personal identity and makes you appreciate that you can personally, uniquely in the world, offer something and explore something that is uniquely you and that everybody has that. You can be creative with it. The fourth chakra, which is the heart, the love chakra. Loving yourself, loving others in a healthy way, all things, and appreciating love. Not just doing the love and receiving the love, but appreciating what effect love has on people and what the effect of not having love would be. That's something I didn't read about in, or, or see on any videos is like, they, they, they focus on like appreciating the effect of love on yourself and to others, but that should also tell us to appreciate the absence of that love and see where that can go with someone because there is a lot of that. I think when we look out across and see, do is there a problem that I care about? Is there something that's troubling to me? I think there's, there's a lack of, of real love somehow closely aligned to that. And that's the fourth chakra, love. The fifth being the throat chakra. Your ability to stand your ground, speak your voice, and, and understand when you know what you want and, and how to get it in a healthy way. And that's the, the throat chakra. The sixth is what I was talking about, the third eye open, that everything is, is going to be peaceful to you that the world is full of amazing infinite possibilities and chances and vari variety and ups and downs and ins and outs and some people hurt and some people dance and some people laugh and sometimes all sometimes somebody does all those things in one day and you're at peace with that and you're at peace with being, you know, that person. So the exciting thing is now talking about the seventh chakra, the Sarasrara, or the crown chakra. <laughs> Are you excited? I am. But here's the other exciting thing. It's so special and unique and subtle and, and amazing that I, I don't have enough to share with you about it yet. I don't. I was talking to a friend yesterday, dear friend, and about this, and um, they said, what was, what's the goal of the crown chakra? Is it to not, like, f f to go through life not feeling anything? Like, you really want to go and not feel that, that, the, the ups and downs? I mean, it's okay if you, you get angry at situations, be angry, you know, the crown chakra, you know, being aligned and, there, like, it's, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be angry. Things are angering in this life. Things are joyful in this life. Experience it all. And uh, that question was posed so well to me that I, I just said, you know what? I need to, more than one source. I need more than that one book. I need more than Sadhguru. I need to get into that a little bit more before I uh, start talking about the crown chakra. Can you tell it's important to me? <laughs> I don't want to give some half-assed bull, bull crap about it. Um, 
I'm not afraid to cuss, by the way. It just sounds when I'm doing the podcast, I can I can just like hear it. Would I would I like that? I'd love to be a guest on a podcast where I almost all had to cuss and where the, the the other host like encouraged me to do so. I'd like that, by the way. Um so I'm gonna get more into that. And if you are in the Facebook group, Joyful Podcast Facebook group. Or if you I have uh, emailed me or want to email me like before, and I freaking haven't emailed some people back, and I've I've thanked you for that before, and and you deserve a, like a response, but know that like you're in my heart for having sent that. You deserve like an actual response, not just like thanks, got it. Um, thank you. And if you want to ask like a question or if you have an observation, I would love to process what you say about that seventh chakra, the crown chakra. It'd be awesome. Um, so I'll, I'll get more into that. Maybe I'll just keep on talking about that. That's the second thing. That's the second thing. Um, let me give you one that is a success. So that's kind of like a pro, that's kind of like a, a tease about the chakras. Um, I didn't give you anything. Well, I'll give you something simple that somebody told me the other day that I started trying and it was journaling for your own happiness. And journaling has always been something that is really important to me to just kind of document and like work through things sometimes in writing. Um, and it's a little bit of a shift of the idea of journaling when you're journaling for your own joy and happiness. And you can do, I, I, I don't want to do it anymore, but I used to kind of explore the depths of, of uh, misery, I guess, for lack of a better word. I used to like take my problems and kind of like elaborate the hell out of them until I'd kind of explored. And I guess that was some type of a release for me to do that. Um, but it still made me exist in that circumstance for quite a long time to, to, to keep journaling about it. I suggest, and the suggestion that I'm sharing now as this, the actual part of the second uh, component of the podcast is do either switch your journal to th this new format or add this to it. And the new format is to quickly document some things every day that you did well and that you're happy for. And try to be really conscious of when you're simply not kicking yourself for something. Don't say like, well, it was good that I um, only had two donuts because I should have had more or something like that. I don't know. Um, do things that are purely good because and search for those things. That see if you can define some things in your day and in your morning and in your life and in your thoughts and something that you did that's like purely... I'm happy for that. I'm happy I did that. Um, I'm happy that that's happening. And just, you know, five, ten of those things. Start small if you want to. And so either switch your journaling to that or add it to it. And that's going to make you start to assess. Well, it has had that effect on me. It started to make me assess when I exist in my problems and when I bring I try to bring more good energy in and exist there and I hope I don't just try to stifle all of my problems <laughs> as was posed you're not stifling or 
your problems are. You got to experience your emotions a little bit. Yeah, I. That's one of the goals is to ex, uh, to let your emotion be an actual valid thing. <sighs> Understand it, and damn it, it feels good to help. Like have somebody uh, to talk to about it. So, so try to get somebody to talk to about it too. If it's something you need to talk to somebody about. Um, yeah, the emotions are real. They are real things. And that's why the tools and the, the work and the practice to, to have a self that understands what your actual soul wants is to, sh to have joy and to share joy. The way you can amplify energy is by sharing the positive energy that you have. That's how you can connect. Um, the, you can also like crush energy, stifle it. Um, that's a very powerful thing that you can also do. But the point, point of this podcast is to say it's free, it's light, and it will probably change your life if you start looking for ways to be more joyful and and understand that and i and you know you don't have to be angry at people who aren't that way i'm not at all but i i kind of recognize when somebody i've been recognizing a like um i've been recognizing like a lack of responsibility of self-responsibility i guess i would say Self-responsibility in the news, if you see complaining or opinion pulsed, you know, pundits or something like that, or somebody at work or somebody on the street complaining about something. And I mean, complaints are valid. You get the wrong, you know, meal when you order it at the drive-thru. Ah, oh, man, I'm complaining about that for a second. <laughs> but you get it, right? <clears throat> so I've been just noticing more when when I do that and when others do, I think. And it's because like I, I embrace that self-responsibility that I, I my situation is what it is. And my situation that I've freaking gotten into here, uh, it's, you know, in a lot of ways, it's, it'd be pretty challenging. Challenging. But I'm happy for it, you know, and I'm happy with the work I'm doing to, to change it. And so that makes me happy with the process of changing my circumstances. And, my, and so if you're not happy with some circumstances, I would love, love, love for you to like explore a way you can be happy with the process of changing those. Man, that's a good segue into the third part of this long episode Third part of this, now that I've talked about um, the seventh chakra and journaling a little bit, um, the third part is like a cultural observation in the news, 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 news. And this is a fascinating thing, fascinating indeed, and encouraging um, a study. Like whenever they introduce like a mindfulness uh, regimen into somebody's life and they like have somebody that's like really excited about it so they document it so there's some like kind of data there and you can see how it affected them that, I'm like so excited about that like that's where 
that's the fact that that is happening is is changing the world i genuinely believe that and there's going to be more and more like positivity that can approach things in a constructive way not a distracted way of conflict so the more people the more more of that loving sentiment the better here is the study that i'm bringing to you i uh, found it in the news this came out um it doesn't say here i wrote these notes um i don't say when but i, I recall that it was like july 24th around there um there's a doctor professor from the exeter university of exeter i guess in the uk i don't know where that is exactly but her name is dr immaculata adarves yorno and she is a, a practitioner and a, and a lover of mindfulness and uh, traditional trend, uh, meditation as well as being a successful professor and speaker I think she's got a TED talk someplace. Uh, in Inmaculada Adarves Yorno. The last name is Y O R N O, or the hyphen is A D A R V E S hyphen Y O R N O, if you want to look up this article. Um, the cool thing about this is that she got her program to fund her to go to a maximum high security, maximum security prison. In Kenya, the largest such prison in Kenya, it's called Naivasha, and there are a million, do not YouTube search Naivasha. It will, it's so many like negative things on there. Um, but this program that she did was in the prison of Naivasha in Kenya. And she got them to agree to let her do this thing when she went in there. And let's see, they have a population of over 3,000 prisoners. It's, it's got to be pretty rough there. I've heard the prison, even in like a low minimal security prison, is, is just life-changing. And it's just crushing to your confidence and to, and to every part of you. And it's pretty tough, you know. It becomes its own thing. Well, she took a mindfulness... Uh, like program into this prison and she she got 40 people to say I volunteer and over the course of a couple years that she did this it grew it doubled in size and more of people who they weren't getting they weren't asked to be part of it they asked if they could be part of it they saw the effects of what it was happening to the volunteers and they said I want to be a part of it um, so she is teaching in class for, you know, I don't know how many days per week or something, but there's a picture of her in front of a chalkboard and then, um, some, some of the prisoners practicing a meditation, um, like in Lotus and, and doing yoga. And it's a, the, the, result that she got from this was like astounding like not to me because i that's what i thought would happen but just to read the statistics about afterwards 
So like 80 to 90% of the guys that were in there in this, this is where you go if you're convicted of something that's like really, it's not small. It's a pretty maximum thing. I mean, some of these people are doing life. I wish I knew how many of these people were like, like life sentence people and, and so forth. But 80 to 90% of the people that participated in this, they felt improved relationships with their families. They felt strong bonds with other individuals in, in the prison. <laughs> the biggest thing is 80 to 90% were able to forgive themselves and others. Even though they're not getting out of prison, they're able to forgive themselves and others for what has happened to them. Um, the same percentage, uh, the same group of people, 80 to 90%, said that being a mindful leader and an advocate of mindfulness is now an important part of who they are. So not only did this affect them, but they, it's like, you know who I am? It's like a really big thing. Like before I, um, like when I breathe, one of the things that it's important about me being able to breathe is that I, am, I can lead mindfulness. So it has that effect. I mean, they want to share it, right? They've seen what it, it does for them. It starts to sound like a religion, um, but I don't think they, that you would talk to anybody who's doing this, and hopefully, and like think it's a religion. You know, it's, it's not. It's, I guess it's like love. Love is my, love is my religion. Um, they also felt less conflict and anger. Like, obviously, it goes without saying. Manage their emotions better. They had good relationships with the probation officers, the correction officers, that is, um, and more respect for um, oh, order and authority. More respect for order and authority. And they were able to accept and observe their circumstances without judgment or immediate reaction. So, in, in prison, it has made their lives so much more calm and constructive that their relationships with their families, with each other, and even the people who are shuffling them around from location to location inside the prison, which is like studies have been done where that dynamic alone like, the, you know, the, the really famous studies, I don't know, was Stanford, Stanford studies, something like that, when half of a randomly chosen group of, of volunteers is called prisoners and half and the other half is called uh, guards and just doing these exercises. It's astounding to see that the ones that are called guards start to take on this persona of authority and start to even have disdain for the prisoners in this study when they're both just exactly equal before the study began. So even that dynamic, this program that she did of mindfulness was, was able to make those guys like get kind of cross that river a little bit and say, yes, I feel much better about those people and I have an improved, you know, uh, observation about authority and respect. Wow. And the best thing, um, is what one guy said when I read it, I almost cried. And uh, 
he said he may never leave prison, but he said, I, I may never leave prison, but I am now free. So what was imprisoning him? It was his, you know, it was his negativity, his, uh, his self-loathing, maybe his, uh, his anger, man, I got anger. I sure got anger. That's, that's probably the one thing I got myself, not all the time, but it, it comes in sometimes. And, uh, so I can relate to those guys. I'm now free. You can be free of these things. Whew. Pretty cool to read that. And that going back to like the goal of what is it to not feel anything and to be detached. I don't think that's it. Um, no, I, I don't think that's it. It's to, to have those emotions and to love those emotions in yourself and to love those emotions in other people, um, but to encourage them to, to find a way to have more joy. I guess that's your challenge. That's your challenge um, to experience joy and, and share it. And to stifle those, to stifle feelings is not to like avoid a life of, of color and a life of, of vibrance and a life of uh, ups and downs. You know, I, I don't, I think that life can be very, very rich um, without like, with, with a healthy control and detachment, I think life can be beautiful and full. And the last little bit that she, um, that the doctor wanted to point out was that it doesn't mean that the guys are happy in prison and that kind of addresses they're, they're, they're accepting and like going to be as happy as they can be in the circumstances, you know, that they can change. And she says like one of the things that people ask and they got kind of get their head caught up about like Buddhism specifically or, or Taoism, if it, you're like, I can't change anything, I'm fine with whatever happens. Um, or other religions when they're like, you know, you can't change everything, uh, just do what you can. Um, accepting your circumstances in the Buddhist way, in the mindful way, doesn't mean not desiring change. She wants to make sure that is clear, and I do too. It means it is, you are okay with doing work towards change, yet you can be settled into an acceptance of where they are in the, in the steps along the way. And that might allow you to, you know, to do work great and enjoy the whole time that you're working. And that resonates with me so much. I'm, one of my challenges is, not challenges, I, one of my opportunities is, one of my learning experiences is how I can take a job that maybe like 10 years ago, I would have just, I would have been a kid like saying this is beneath me or this is frustrating or getting caught up in like mundane things. And I have this approach lately that just says the broader perspective is what you're allowed to do in this world, you know, and the human beings that you're allowed to interact with, even in those mundane like think parts of your job or, or whatever. You're able, if you're alive, you got breath and you're, uh, especially your loved one or your loved ones have, um, have, have life because of what you're doing. Jeez, that's, that can carry you quite a ways and you can be so happy for it. So search for things that you can be happy for. And not everybody has a family. If you happen to be in a place when you're lonely, 
and you don't feel like you have anyone because of this or that or the other, um, try little steps, little steps. And just accepting doesn't mean, oh, I'm happy with where I am. This is where I'm going to be forever. It means that you can accept how things are as you search for ways to make them different for whatever reason you want them different. Does that make any, any sense to anybody? Hope that uh, you enjoyed that article. Uh, there's more to it. Um, the, the, the country of Kenya liked the results of this program so much, they're actually allowing her to do this or to basically hire an army of people, some of whom will be the guys from Naivasha prison. And they're going to go to 16 more institutions, including like an all-female institution. Orange is the new black. You know, it, it would be pretty boring to have a show about um, people just meditating <laughs> and being okay with everything. But maybe they could write that into that HBO show or whatever program it is. Um, yeah, they want to do that. And then some of those guys are saying that this the goal is not even prisons. It's just like a, like a, a place to examine it in such, um, such stark terms of things are bad. What effect, like all things being equal, they're in prison. They're not getting out. There's these walls. This is their attitude. And then you introduce this. Now, how do they feel? And what do they say about it? That's why that study is cool. And they're excited about not just being in prisons, but they're like, yeah, this is going to expand to other parts of our country and to the world. Awesome. One of the reasons I'm doing this, man, I feel like I've gotten y'all a little bit bored um, with that. Maybe it's just because I'm hungry. But that's it. That's the first podcast since I've started the Kickstarter campaign. Um, to Brian, who gave me some money for the campaign, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, uh, I appreciate the support so much, everybody, uh, including Brian. So God bless. Namaste.